device with your Bible on it. Let's hold it up. I'm a child of God. Have in my hand the powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. Now here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm praying that you have unshakable faith. I usually just tell you, just tell them you love them, man. That's it. I gave you a lot today, didn't we? <laughs> All right. In our uh, last message on unshakable faith, I just want to talk to you about living with unshakable faith. Um, there's a lot of serious stuff happening in our lives. Would you say Amen. They vary, too, those serious things. They can be illnesses. They can be, oh, my goodness, lots of things. In fact, I've, uh, I've, I've listed some at the bottom of your, the first uh, front page there of your uh, handout. But I want us, before we look at those, to look at that scripture that's kind of permeated our whole uh, series there in Matthew chapter 7. Uh, I'll read it if you'll just follow along right there on the front of your um, uh, handout. Jesus is speaking. He says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that, that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching... And doesn't obey it is a foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So what causes some of the things in life to be shaken? First of all, uh, I think there's uncertainty. Uncertainty. Uh, we live in a time where things are uncertain. You don't know if your job is going to still be there tomorrow. You don't know if your health is going to deteriorate. I had never heard of Charcot disease uh, that I've been uh, privileged to get in my feet. That's where your bones weaken and the uh, arches collapse. And it's just a real painful condition to have. And uh, my right foot is really gnarled up if, if I took my shield. And if you watch me walk, I'm walking on the inside like this of my foot. And uh, it's because that's where all the bone structure went to. It's all in a knot down there. And it's kind of ugly looking. But uh, I like to hold it up at night and show Cindy, boy, look how bad a shape I'm in. So, And she rolls her eyes and hits me and off we go. But there's a lot of uncertainty in there. We don't know about the world. We don't know about terrorism. We still, you know, we have all these crazy things going on. Um, the economy, even though it, I guess it's better, they, they we're told it's better. Uh, we've got liars in Washington, and uh, we've got uh, liars in Oklahoma City, and we've got an election coming up on the 28th to elect a Republican candidate for governor, and all. Man, it's just we're in a mess. In fact, one of the candidates has said, uh, Oklahoma's not okay. A lot of uncertainty. And it can shake your faith. Another one is failure. We're afraid to fail. It's costly to fail. 
when we fail, Satan, boy, Satan loves it when we fail. Because then he can beat us up, can't he? Tell us how unamazed he is. He said, well, I just knew it was coming. <laughs> you can hear his words. Yeah, I blew it. I'm a, I'm a terrible parent or I'm a terrible husband or wife. I'm, I'm just a terrible worker at work. I just, oh my goodness. Failure. Failure can cripple us if we let it. Another one is death. Uh, we prayed Wednesday night. Aaron asked us to pray for his friend, uh, Tommy. And he didn't make it through surgery. Well, how often that, that happens a lot. We don't hear about it all the time, but it happens. A year ago, it's been a year ago since Verlin passed away. And uh, Jace put something on, his uh, grandson put something on Facebook this week, uh, remembering his granddad. Very powerful uh in fact, got his dad all teared up back there reading it. Uh, I kind of teared up a little bit reading it myself. Just shows some growth and maturity in Jace. And uh, he said, Papa, I hope you're proud of me. And uh, I, know, I know Verlin would be proud of him and is proud of him because he's up in heaven working overtime trying to keep him out of trouble. So, uh, um, But death, death is a shaker. When you lose someone, it, it can it can really shake your faith, especially somebody that you loved and was close to you and was influential in your life. Another one is doubt. Doubt can uh, create faith that's shaken. Uh, when Cindy lost her job, um, boy, it really cut in deep in our in our home uh, our health insurance was gone uh, oh well you can do cobra man is that a joke seventeen hundred and nine dollars a month they wanted for cobra and then they wanted you to pay for three months and then they wanted you to pay for six months at a time i just thought have they lost their mind i don't know where this money's supposed to come from but um doubt you begin to have doubts uh, we were fortunate that her company gave her a, a nice severance package, so you know the pressure wasn't on for her to find a job immediately. Uh, but would you pray for her that uh, these resumes will get in the right hands and somebody will find that right that right uh, connection for her, and uh, just pray that uh, God will bring that into our home again. And uh, But the doubts come, and you begin to doubt yourself. The older you get, you think, yeah, oh, they want younger people. And Wow. Uh, I was thinking of our coaches, uh, football coaches coming up. The uh, season is on us. Uh, it's, it's on us. I mean, I got to watch Baker Mayfield play for the Cleveland Browns and actually do well. They actually won a game, and it, even though it's preseason. I mean, hey, they won a game. So uh, and Baker Mayfield looked pretty good uh, during that game. So you just never know. And then the last one I have listed is illness. Uh, illness can create a lot of doubt in our life and can, can really shake our faith. Uh, I remember those 16 days I was in the hospital with that leg infection. Uh, how it, I just didn't know. It was so uncertain whether they were going to find out what was causing the infection and how we were going to get it healed up. And uh, Man, I, I'm ready to have a... A year or two or 
12 where I don't have to worry about my health anymore. But uh, illness can shake our faith if we allow it to. And then on your handout, I've got a blank there. I'm not going to give you a fill-in for that blank because maybe there's something beyond the uh, five that I've given you that you would put in there. So that's what that extra blank is for, is perhaps you're facing something in your life right now that is shaking your faith that I didn't list. Uh, And that's okay because, you know, it's true. Uh, And we all have things that affect us differently. So I would encourage you to get that down and, and begin to turn those over to God so that God can... Uh, can do some good things through you and through them in your life. Is it possible to survive a major hurricane? Unscathed? Yes? No? If you have, it, it is possible, if you have the right foundation, you'll survive one. If you don't, I never have quite understood, if you're in a hurricane area, which I guess if you're on a coast, you're in a hurricane area, but why you'd build right by the water, right by the water. I just, of course, we live in Oklahoma, and why do we build a house anywhere where a tornado may come? I don't know, but we do. We do. Um, but it is. It is. Uh, even you can survive, sometimes you can survive a, a tornado if you have the right foundation. If you've got that Freddy hole, as Don Woods used to call it, if you've got that Freddy hole to jump in. And, uh, boy, they build those things now that's amazing, the safe rooms that they build. You can get in there and that tornado can hit that thing straight on and you'll still be there. It just amazes me. But life is like that. If you have the right kind of foundation, you will be able to sustain yourself and handle the things that life brings at you. And that's very, very important uh, because you got to realize that even in the Bible, there were people that struggled with their life and walking with God. Peter, um, he was shaken easily. He became a denier of Christ. Remember, he stood up and said, oh, I'll never deny you. And then yet three times he denies Christ. But yet then he becomes that unshakable leader of the church after the resurrection. Thomas was a doubter, but then he became a believer once he could touch the holes in his hand and in his side. He wasn't so easily shaken after he touched the Lord. John went from being brokenhearted to being a healer. Mary went from fearful mother to triumphant caregiver. Mark went from a scared teenager to an emerging leader and a writer of Scripture. Andrew, James, the list goes on and on. God always has new plans following a failure if you will draw close to Him. Learn from that failure and then listen and obey Him. Doubt can be a very tricky thing because when things are going good, when things are going good, it's easy to have faith. But when they're not going good, it's tough. It's tough. 
So let me ask you this. When was the last time that you prayed? Well, preacher, we just prayed a minute ago. No, no, no. When's the last time you prayed? On your knees. Maybe literally, maybe figuratively, but you understand what I'm saying. On your knees, calling out to God because you were in a position where you could go no step further without God's presence. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. A few hands went up. I just believe with all my heart that if you will experience that type of connection with God, it will help you in those moments when you doubt your faith and help that faith to become unshakable. The resurrection is one of the greatest events that's ever happened in this world is when Jesus rose from the grave. Without that event happening, you and I really don't have a faith, do we? And if we do, it's kind of a meaningless faith because it doesn't mean much. But because He rose from the grave, because He's overcome death, you and I will overcome death. If you're walking with God and He is the Master of your life and you've been saved in Christ, guess what? There's great hope. And you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to let your faith be shaken. So how do we live unshakable faith, a life of unshakable faith? Let me give you five real quick. Number one, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. We live in a fallen world. We live in an imperfect world. God never promised on this side of heaven things are going to be perfect. I know it will shock you beyond shock when you find out that your preacher is not a perfect person. I know, I know, I know, I know, I, I, I know, I know, it's, it's, it's news, it's, it's news. Heretic, heretic, no. <laughs> but don't be surprised, that's the number one thing about life, is don't be surprised. John 16.33 says, I told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world, however, you will have trouble. Amen. You will. You will have trouble. But look else what, what else he says in that same verse. Take heart. Finish it. I have overcome the world. Say it with me again. I have overcome the world. God never promises a trouble-free life, but He does say that He will be with us and never forsake us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, turn immediately to God. When problems happen, turn immediately to God. Not away from God. And that seems to be the tendency when rough things happen. We hit some rough waters. Calamity might come. Death may come. We tend, when our faith gets shaken, we tend to leave God and go find our own resources for strength and, and, and undergirding when we need to turn to God immediately. Turn to God. Run to Him. Because you'll find strength there. You'll find stability there. You'll find hope there. You know, for most people, they go look for, on their own resources. They'll, they'll update their status on Facebook. and uh, It's just crazy. Was married, now single. I, okay. 
Once you call me and tell me that, don't just write it in social media. It just amazes me. We have a president that thinks Twitter is his way of communicating. You know, really? <laughs> James 4a says, draw close to God. God will draw close to you. You draw, guess, who, guess what? God's going to draw as well. Isn't it great to hug somebody and then have them hug you, pull you in? It's fun. I love it when my grandkids hug me because they, boy, they'll come up and hug me. They like to hug. Or they'll just lean in and let me hug them. Boy, and I put them inside here and just, just, ah, love it. When they get bigger and don't want that, it'll be a sad day. I was, I was encouraged watching men hug each other in the back. You didn't get to see it, but I got to see it. Some men just hugging each other, just letting them know that, hey, I love you, man. Isn't that great? That's what I love about Sunday. So many of you will see. It's the only time you see each other. It seems like all week long at church. Man, you grab each other and hug each other. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. There's a promise that God gives us in our memory verse that we read, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Show God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, and His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Guard your hearts and minds. Boy, that's a great phrase, isn't it? It's going to guard your hearts and minds. It was a great story of a young man that plays for Brad, I think, in the Tulsa world that I read this week. And, oh, what a powerful story about this young man and his comeback to be able to play. He had a torn ACL, I believe it was, Brad. And so he's back trying to compete for the quarterback position. I mean, that's that's not just any position. That's the big time. That's the big boy. But this old guy's out doing his thing. I like what Brad said. Well, he's got a little bit, a little bit of a limp still in that leg. <laughs> well, you tend to favor it once you've had that happen. But maybe he'll get the strength to, to go completely all the way. And I hope he, hope he has a great season and can be a contributor to the team. Let me take you to number three, next step. Embrace the emotions. Make sure you move toward God first, but once you've moved toward God, then find that connection to God. That prayer that I was talking about, that really gets you in the position where God can touch you and, 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 and you will understand and know and feel Him there. Because God understands the emotions that you're feeling, by the way. I told my friend uh, Drew Wright, whose wife and unborn son... Both passed away. The wife passed away. They delivered the baby, but he didn't make it either. About three days. And Drew's in his late 20s, early 30s. I'm telling you, I don't care how old you are. When that happens to you, your whole world shakes and it crumbles. It just does. I had lunch with him last week. He's come, oh my goodness, he's come a long, long way for a young man. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he shared his testimony in, in a message at the church. And uh, go to First Baptist Jinx and go to the sermons and look up Drew Wright and just listen to the message. I'm telling you, you'll be so encouraged by, by what he had to say. But I looked at him this week and I said, Drew, how are you? He said, yeah, so-so. He said, but I'm finding that every day I can put one foot in front of the other. 
and take another step and another step and another step. And you know, that's it, isn't it? That's all we get. One step after another. But embrace the emotions. Ecclesiastes 3 says, there's a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance. And I love the dance part. We all do. There's times when I like to dance. I can't hardly anymore, but I used to have this silly old dance I would do in the living room, just and everyone would break out laughing because it's really an ugly dance. I'm not lying to you. It is. But anything that I do like that is not going to be pretty. But uh, you do it to get the reaction, right? And it was so so fun to be able to do that. But there's a time to cry, a time to laugh, but there is a time to dance. And sometimes in the midst of the worst struggles you're facing, stand up and start dancing. Start praising the Lord. When Kelsey was little, my granddaughter was little, we'd go to the restaurant to eat after church and, and music would be playing over the uh, speakers there in the restaurant. Boy, and I just started dancing. She'd dance with me. And it was so much fun. And then she got older, she quit doing it. I said, well, I want the other Kelsey that had fun when she danced with me up and, and all that. Because it, it, was, it, was, it was just a special time. And people would always, around us, would laugh at us because we were being so silly. But you know, isn't that what it's all about? Sometimes it is. Jesus understands how we are and where our emotions are. And He wants to draw close as we draw close. In fact, Hebrews four fourteen through 16 says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. In other words, have unshakable faith. This high priest our uh, ours of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all the same testings that we do, but he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive His mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. I love that. Number four, lean on the faith of others. Although throughout Scripture the Bible says that we can borrow the faith of others when our faith is empty, we still need to put God in a position to where He will guide us to the right people. And I believe with all my heart that He'll do that. He'll guide you to the right people. And it's the most amazing transitions that you see. Because one person that He's going to use, you would have no idea that God would use them. But they'll come and say the right thing at the right time and be at the right place. Wow. Embrace that. Lean on the faith of others. I love the story in Exodus 17. Moses is an old man and who God uses to lead the people of God uh, to the promised land. But in this particular story in Exodus 17, there's a battle going on between the people of God and the uh, enemies of God. And Moses goes up on a hill. God tells him to go up there to oversee the battle. And then God says something unusual to him. He says, now I want you to raise your staff above your head and hold it up there. And as long as... You hold it up there, and the troops can see that staff, they're going to win. But when it comes down, they're going to lose. So Moses goes up on the mountaintop, and he raises his arms with his staff. And I don't know, he's an old guy now, and I'm understanding about the Ritus family, Arthur and you know some of those others, rheumatoid, and some of those other Ritus families. But he, he might have had arthritis in his shoulders or whatever, but his arms began to get tired as the story goes. And uh, he needed some help. And so 
Aaron and a man named Hur, H-U-R, came and stood under his arms and propped his arms up so the battle would still be won by the uh, children of Israel. And so what that story tells me, as we pick it up in verse 12, well, I'll tell you, let me read this first and I'll tell you what it tells me. It's that Moses' arms finally became too tired to hold up the staff any longer. So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. And then they stood on each side holding up his arms until sunset. They did for Moses what Moses could not do for himself. So what that tells me is, is that we need each other. We need each other. If you're married, you need your spouse. You can lie about it all you want to, but you need them. I love Sam's transparency about how, you know, Vanessa takes care of him and keeps him organized. And, uh, you know, if you've ever been around her five minutes, she'll organize your life, too, if you just stand there long enough. I mean, she will. That's just, that's just the way she is. Okay? She'll start patting you down, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you'll look better than you did when you walked up. I'm telling you. Hair be slicked down. She, you know, she... <laughs> but that's what makes her special, Right? But you've got to have your spouse if you have one. We need each other. And that's what this story should remind us, is we need each other. Not only each other, but we need God also in the equation. Because if you've got God in there, you've got a victory ahead. You know, God created the church, and He created the church for a reason. That's so we'd backbite and, and nitpick and... And run each other off. Isn't that what He created the church for? Absolutely. That's what it says in Acts chapter 2. I created the church to destroy each other's lives. Four pillars of the church are in Acts 2.42. He said, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So those are the four things that we do every Sunday, every time we're together. We at least practice those four things. Because that's what makes the church go and each other. So when we have a fellowship, we'll have the movie tonight, we'll have a fellowship dinner, we'll have the fish fry. Man, come and be a part of those things. Come outside this this event, this structure, and let's be together in a different way. Uh, see some people swim. It's fun to watch some people jump in the swimming pool. It's a video moment. For some. It is. And then there's some that don't need to be in the swimming pool. Like me. Because I couldn't get back out once I got in. That's the the hard part. Getting in is no problem. You just roll in. But they don't roll you out. See. But uh, it could be fun. But the main thing is that the church should be a a place of prayer. A place of commitment. A place to serve. I'll be a place to serve. There's always something that's needing to be done here at the church. There's always something. You know, don't let one or two people have all the fun of doing it. In fact, they get so wore out, they don't do it anymore. Let's spread that. I mean, there's times when we need the, the, the silly refrigerators need to be cleaned out. And stuff that's dated back in the 1800s needs to be thrown away. I mean, it just does. You know how fellowship dinners are. People will bring something and they'll think, well, the church could use this, and they'll leave it. And when you open it, it talks back to you. I mean, we need to throw that out. It probably needs to go. It was a jello mold. We're not sure what it's evolved to now. But the bottom line is, we need some folks who would just take the time to come do things like that.
Maybe a wall needs to be painted. I don't know. Maybe some weeds need to be pulled in a flower bed. Whatever. Love your church enough to come and do something and be a part of it. Galatians 6.2 says this. It's on the back of your notes. Share each other's troubles and problems and in this way obey the law of Christ. So lean on the faith of others. Now as we go through the last stage, number five, let me first of all remind you that when your faith is shaken, number one, don't be surprised. Number two, turn immediately to God. Number three, embrace the emotion. Number four, lean on the faith of others. And number five, number five, right there on the back of your notes, allow my faith to be a witness to others. As you are go from being shaken to being unshakable, not only does it help you grow, but it helps those around you grow. Because they begin to feed off of your faith. And your witness of your faith. When you stand strong in God, other people want to know about the God that helps you stand strong. I've admired Sherry's uh, courage as she's faced uh, her cancer. And when she would say, well, my tumor marker is up. You know, I would show concern on my face. But she would say, man, it's going to be alright. It's no big deal. Well, it's no big deal. That means some activities going on that shouldn't be going on. She goes, that's okay. I'm going to be okay. I feel the same when Bryant talks about his, his cancer, don't you? I mean, it's just amazing how these folks just, it's going to be okay. And really in their life, it will be okay because they're going to win whether they stay here and serve the Lord or the cancer does what it does Sometimes, and takes a life because they're already gone to heaven. They already know that. They're assured of that in their heart. Isn't that great? That is the place to be right there. Live today as though you, live as though you're leaving here today. That's the way we should live every day. But allow my faith to be a witness to others. And when they see me drawing close, it's going to help them. An unshakable faith. It's not about how strong we are. It's about how in the midst of storms, we hunker down to the foundation that we have in Christ. And people understand it and see it. Philippians 4.3, the famous verse of the Bible says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Strength. Now I've got it there on the back. Read it again with me, would you? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. One more time, a little bit more volume. Here we go. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Boy, there's a powerful promise in that verse. Hang on to it. Let it minister to you. Let it work through you. Matthew 7, as I close this morning. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like the person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. So are you building your house, your life, on the bedrock of Jesus Christ? Are you doing everything that you can to build your life on God's Word? 
learning God's Word, applying God's Word, studying God's Word, the Bible, memorizing God's Word, putting that in your heart and applying God's Word in your life, that's bedrock. When a problem arises, have a verse that's going to counter that, that, that problem. Oh boy, I just wish I could remember. Hey, write them down. Stick them everywhere. <laughs> I don't remember stuff. Hard. I can't remember my name half the time. I've asked my wife to write it backwards on my forehead so when I look in the mirror, I'll remember who I am. Write them down. Hold those up around you. Encourage participation in the church. Show that participation in your own life. Say yes to holiness. Say yes to God's principle. Say yes to God's way. Say no to the wrong way. Don't go there. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, help us not to be surprised when the storms of life come, because they're going to come. Help us, Lord, not to be shaken. On our own, God, we can't understand the storms, but with Your strength we can. So God, today we're asking You to give us an unshakable faith. And in God, through Your work in my life, allow my faith to be a witness to other people. God, give me unshakable faith. And Father, I pray for those today who are going through difficult circumstances. I pray for these people. I pray for April especially. Just this, these illnesses that she's had for so long. I just pray that you will give the doctors wisdom and these tests can show what's going on and she can find relief. I pray today for those who need a miracle. A miracle in a relationship. A miracle in their job. A miracle in their finances. A miracle in their home. God, draw close to them as they draw close to you. And grant that miracle in their life, whatever it may be. Perhaps there's someone here today that's never turned their life over to you as Lord and Savior. Never allowed Jesus to become the bedrock of their life, at the center of their life, cornerstone of their life. I pray today that they won't put it off any longer. And we pray all this together in God's holy and precious and powerful name. In that name of Jesus Christ. And everyone say it. Amen.